Warning! The following podcast is of a very poor audio quality. This is due to us literally phoning it in. If you like not having headaches, then proceed with caution. Gordano listeners! Gordano listeners! Hey William, what's wrong with your voice? Have you got a cold? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, right, okay, wow, okay, well, um... Listeners are going to be finding out all about my... Cold... (laughs) <laughs> on the show. During the podcast, that's right. Uh, so, uh, so there we are, listeners. Uh, plenty to look forward to. Yeah, uh, you've got fun facts about uh, the nature of different lands. You've got fun facts about the nature of this land. That's right. You've got uh, fun facts about the nature of William's body parts. All to look forward to in the forthcoming podcast. Sorry, not in service. 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 Uh, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sorry Not In Service on this, a dark 16th of October 2015. And uh, it's uh, Simon speaking on the left, and to my right is literally nobody. That's right, alone in the studio here. William, unfortunately, unable to join us in the studio um, because he's actually recovering from uh, an operation uh, where there was an unsightly nubbin that he found um, a, well, in the groin area. Uh, I think it's safe to say that. I mean, that's a technical term. So he's had that whipped off by some ace surgeons. But um, literally phoning it in this evening, uh, hopefully, if I put the slider up, is a young boy, a very sore boy with a very sore groin on the other end of the line. William, are you there? Hello. Hello, some doctors. It's kind of the doctors there, William. Uh, William, how are you? Slightly less nubbly than I was before. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! So, they, William, have they left a, a sort of a, a nubbin-shaped hole in your groin? Uh, yeah. If I had a scar on my face, I'd look exactly like an action man. <laughs> <laughs> an action man after a young child has been exploring the action man, perchance. Yeah, 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 exactly like that kind of action man. Wow. The kind of action man that uh, is taking very much the opportunity to uh, phone in a radio show lying naked in bed wearing only a pair of surgical stockings. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are, you, are, you, are you actually nude right now? Listeners do need to know. Um, well, I mean, I've got some hats. <laughs> are they just near you? Well, yeah. Yeah. Surrounding me. Yeah, OK, fine, fine. Well, William, um, we're going to hear all about your, um, your unfortunate... Nubbin incident, I'm sure. Well, I'm, I'm certainly going to be... I don't know very many details, but I'm going to be extrapolating wildly. Well, and yeah, I mean, as is your tendency, Simon, you are a person who sees only about 3% of the world and presumes you understand the rest. Yeah, well, at least it's not the other way round, like you. No, what, what, the other way round is I see 97% <laughs> of the world and I extrapolate the 3% remaining. <laughs> God, you're annoying even when you're not in the room. <laughs> Right, I'm going to play a long song, then we're going to have the mother of all formatting points. Angriest way I've ever been told that somebody misses me. God, you're annoying when you're not in the room. (laughs)
Uh, well, here's a, uh, a long pop song so you can um, pop some pants on. Formatting point of the show! The part of the show where we discuss the things that have happened to us. Simon's got a better story, but mine is covered in blood. <laughs> uh, so, um, William, how do you want to decide who's doing anecdotes first? Shall I throw a pen? Um, okay. Yep, okay. Right, I'm going first this time, oh, okay. which is exciting. So, William, you'll never guess what, William. I have not only been in England, where we are now, um, but I've also been to Poland in the past fortnight. First off, off the, straight off the bat, Poland is amazing. I can recommend to anybody uh, who is looking to get out of this hellhole to go to Poland. Quite an extraordinary country, full of lovely people and uh, this is a, a, a recommendation in itself. Um, one morning, I had pavlova for breakfast. <laughs> Classic one Polish slash two breakfast meal. Exactly. Now, pavlova Polish? Uh, well, it's, it's around that. It's Europe, I guess. But, um, uh, yeah, pavlova for breakfast was an extraordinary event. They, they kept saying in the hotel, do you want cake? Every time I asked for a cup of coffee, or they offered me a coffee, and I said yes, they said, oh, do you want a piece of cake? And the first time uh, they offered me, I thought, you know, I'd get like a, I don't know, a, a three-inch long flapjack or something, you know, just a little side of the saucer affair. But no, they literally meant cake. So one morning, uh, when I, well, the first morning we had breakfast there, coffee, yes, please. Uh, and then, uh, oh, a bit of cake? Yeah, why not? I'll have a little bit of cake on the side. And they turned out this enormous great pavlova. It was Quite remarkable. Would you say that's better or worse than, say, Frosties or Marmite? <laughs> um, I, I would say it's definitely better than Frosties and Marmite. Right, OK. Um, yeah, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to say it is. I mean, it was a bit of a struggle by the end of it. Um, but, uh, but, no, well worth it. Just purely so I could say I've had pavlova for breakfast before in my life. Uh, that's, uh, Was that previously an unattainable dream? <laughs> it seemed that way, certainly. I mean, it certainly wasn't something that I considered at great length until it happened, much like... Um, uh, oh, your conception. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. It wasn't really on the radar, and uh, there we are. That's it. Um, right, well, there's a couple of, couple of anecdotes that I'd like to reel off, if I will. If, if, I, if I may. Um, the first one was, uh, we were staying in Krakow, which is in the southeast of Poland. Beautiful city. Um, and uh, we were getting a taxi back to our hotel, which was in a forest just outside the city. So it was, it was dark. We were full of joie de vivre, as the, uh, as the Poles would say. And um, we, um, we got into a taxi. And we, we, we'd read that some of the taxi drivers in, in Poland are a little bit unscrupulous, perhaps. Right. So we, we, we waited until the, the, the battered old Mercedes drove off, and we waited until uh, a, another rather ropey-looking uh, vehicle drove off that didn't look particularly licensed, and um, got into the next one that looked, you know, about passable. Right. So we pop ourselves in, and we give, them the, give the guy the address of the hotel, and we even gave him a map, because we brought out a flyer as well, because we thought, Showing the map, so if, you know, so the last thing you want to do is make it look like you're tourists. <laughs> of course, <laughs> exactly. So you handed him a, a hotel <laughs> flyer. That's right, in in broken Polish, followed by absolute English. Um, and um, so we, we we got in. He said, "Yes, yes, that's that's fine. It'll be forty zloty." So yep, yeah, that's fine. So um, we, we 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 took off, and um, 
and it, things were getting, we, we were on the main road, and then we turned off the main road, and then all of a sudden we're in sort of like a residential streets, and we didn't really know our way around, so we just went along with it. Okay, maybe he knows a shortcut, perhaps. This wasn't the way we came into town, but, but we were in this, this residential street, and it was very dark, um, and so I got my phone out, and I was just sort of following our progress on the old map app, yeah. map and, um, and we we didn't look like we were going in the right direction. And I was playing it cool. Carla looked a little bit worried. Oh, I was like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. It's all part of the journey. Um, and then after about 20 minutes of this, of going round dark alleys and back streets and passing by people who look like ne'er-do-wells, um, I, I, I realised that actually maybe things aren't going to be quite hunky-dory. And I started thinking about um, escape routes and the things that uh, the things that might help us out here. Well, so hang on, out of the taxi itself? Yeah, well, well, more, more just sort of, you know, if I were to phone the police on my mobile and put it on speakerphone, or if I were to somehow contact somebody who could then trace my mobile, or can I feasibly garrot the driver that I'm sat behind? You know, what have I got to hand? That kind of thought process. Um, it all came to a head when um, when he, he he stopped off uh, uh, on a particularly dark and rough looking street and said, "We are here." And uh, and I said, "I, I don't I, excuse me. I, I don't I don't think we are. I don't think we're there. We are here." You sold your country out to Stalin, but I don't think this is quite right. We are here. We are here. And anyway, it turned out that he'd got the address wrong. That was it. Yep. Rubbish story. Okay, well, this one's a better one. <laughs> this one's a, this one's a much better one. You'll like this one. Well, supporting at a remote distance, aren't I? <laughs> you are. You're very good at this. Uh, well, this is a slightly better one. Okay, and, right. and I've got a jingle for this type of anecdote. Hey, what's this? Simon's got something to say that could get him in trouble when he gets home. That's right, listeners. I am going to tell an anecdote that revolves around my wife, Carla, and her making a bit of a misstep. We were, um, we were travelling back from Poland. We were in the, uh, in the, the airport at Krakow, and we were just uh, going into the, um, into the departure lounge, and uh, we got to the, uh, the, the border control. So the, and, um, and Carla was walking to the, uh, to, to the border control booth uh, with a passport in one hand, a uh, boarding pass, and uh, the sandwich that she was going to eat in the departure lounge. And a gun. And a gun. <laughs> she got to, she got to the, um, the border control man and he went, passport. So she showed him passport and then he said something. We think it was in Polish or he just mumbled it. Uh, it turned out it was boarding pass, but what Carla did was raise her left hand slowly and showed him a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, I got your boarding pass right here. <laughs> this is my boarding pass. <laughs> Chicken and stuffing boarding pass. So um, the guy was really peeved. He didn't look very happy at all. Said something in Polish to his mate in the next booth. He burst out laughing. <laughs> Whilst Carla stood there with her sandwich in the air up at, up at the window. <laughs> Is this what you want? <laughs> what else could you possibly want in an airport? Yeah. Airport sandwich. sandwich. You'll find that's all in order. <laughs> that's right. Prepare to prepare to leave. Uh, right, bye, Will. Bye. Um, 
William, what on earth have you been up to in this past fortnight? Um, well, Simon, as previously alluded to within the course of this very show... Yes? Um, I've been in to have an unsightly nubbin removed. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is, I mean, good fun. You know, it really does break up a Friday. Sure. The very first thing you've got to do in the morning is get a taxi to a hospital. You know, all, like, having not eaten and stuff like that and not really slept properly and things like that. Yeah, of course, but that's what we all aspire to. Yeah, and it's also really good fun hopping into a taxi this morning, but the taxi driver's still all... It's Friday, you've got that Friday feeling, even though he knows I'm on the way to the hospital. And it was only, like, what, a few minutes before we arrived there? Like, what building? And I went, um... Day surgery. <laughs> and he just... get there, I hand over my car, he punches in all the details and just turns around the first time I actually look him in the eye. He looks at me and goes, good luck. <laughs> so, landing day surgery and uh, all very straightforward, uh, sort out details on computer, blah, blah, blah. I get whisked through to uh, the ward where I'm going to wait before I get changed. Now, the issue with this yeah. is that um, uh, I realised just after I was whisked into the ward and I was sat there on my own just kind of looking at my phone and I suddenly realised that last night Emma and I had had garlic breads and an Italian dish which featured quite a lot of garlic and, Ooh. you know, in some ways it could be argued that I'd very much carried the scent of that garlic with me. <laughs> well, Stink City. Well, basically, yeah, it was kind of like um, the Stink gateway City. to an Italian hell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I uh, realised quite horrifically I'm oh, a stinky garlic man. And then a chain of people came up and talked to me very, very closely, occasionally asking to look at my teeth to ascertain the amount of metal I hide in my mouth and <laughs> things like that. That was good fun. Do you not think the chances are perhaps that the first nurse smelt you and sort of nipped out the back and, you know, we've guys, we've got a stinky one here, who wants to go? What, like it's some kind of ice bucket challenge? Yeah, yeah that's How right. How close can you get? How much can you get the stinky garlic man to open his mouth? <laughs> it's, well, it's a game I like to play. It's a, well, yeah, I know it's a game you like to play, Simon, but you play a lot of very, very unsavoury games. Certainly Pop I do. the weasel, your variation was frankly disgraceful. <laughs> Pop a weasel on the top of a champagne bottle and, uh, well... Um, well anyway, William... So, oh, off he goes. So, um, William, um, get to the point... Uh, getting, to the, getting more to the point, um, as is tradition with day surgery, I was handed a uh, very short uh, floral gown. Right. Um, and I was required to place that on. I am still wearing my surgical stockings, which are a delightful shade of green. Nice. <laughs> and so I cut quite the um, I cut quite the look as I was uh, waltzing my way through to uh, the anaesthetics room, where, not looking entirely at my best, I hadn't washed my hair. I was in a third-length third length floral print dressing gown. <laughs> not saying, a hospital gown. A very, very dirty dressing gown. Yeah. Stockings. And arrived in the uh, anaesthetics room to discover it was entirely populated by quite charming uh, ladies, I would say generally under 30, all of whom turned at me and smiled. Player. And said, could you lie down? Could you remove your dressing gown? Wow, Will! Have you just have you just sort of stumbled upon the, uh, the the perfect combination for a young gentleman on the town? Your intense garlic smell, suggestions of you know a Mediterranean 
genealogy, your, your, your dirty dressing gown, a, a symbol of... Um, what? Grime. Um, <laughs> the, the youths are very keen on grime, I understand. And, um, and, and, and your, uh, your surgical stockings uh, suggesting that you're um, going in for an operation. The ladies are hot for it, William. That's what we can learn from this. Yeah, but Simon, the problem is if you transplant this situation into a more town-based situation, what happened is they all took one look at me and then used everything in their medical capability to render me unconscious. <laughs> well, players go and play. <laughs> you know what, Simon? Yeah. If a bunch of people render you unconscious and you never see them again, you're either going to have to presume they're massive fans of you or they did not enjoy your company. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's, no, that's a very good point. Yeah, might, might have said something slightly unsavoury there. Who did? I might have done. Yeah, I think you did, yeah. <laughs> no, right. One of us definitely said something slightly unsavoury. Are you going to give me a heads up if we get any more complaint emails? Uh, no, there's none in so far. Oh, what? I'm sorry. Listeners, email in studio at 10radio.org if you've got any complaints, especially medical ones. I know the team you need to go and talk to. <laughs> so, but are you, are you feeling are you feeling a little bit a little bit better now, Will, after you've had your uh, slightly knob? Uh, Did you mean to go with the K word, Simon? Well, no. I, I, I mean, it's another word. I mean, I saw what I was trying to do was like suggest, you know, it's suggestion, wasn't it? Really, sort of innuendo. Um, but uh, I, I, I thought we'd said nub in too often, so I said knob. You said knob, didn't you? Yeah. You said knob? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of spoiled the subtext, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Relaxing sounds there of pop music. William, are you there? Where else would I be? Uh, that's a very good point. Out on yeah, the I mean, tune. There's quite a broad turn of phrase. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Have <laughs> <laughs> I just completely undermined a classic question? <laughs> uh, William, we've, we've, William, 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 William. There in your sick bed, surrounded by your bears and your. Naked body. Um, we've um, we've been learning all about what we've been up naked. to. Sorry. Not entirely naked. Is it not? Oh no, you've got oh. your surgical socks on, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. No, I'm not going to add the other thing. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, um, William, we've been hearing all about us. But William, I wonder, is there a special kind of guy that you'd like to uh, know more about? Oh, um, Bradman Carradich. Well, almost, almost. I'm thinking, thinking more Tom. I'll see up to these days. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm thinking about Tom primarily, so I'm going to... Why don't we find out what Tom's up to? I'm going to go on Wikipedia. Right-o. What is Tom up, up to now? Oh, Tommy, I love your ways. Want to be with you night and day. So on and so forth. Simon Lee, it happened to me right in front of my face, and I just can't hide it. Well, no, you wouldn't be able to, because I'm quite a ferocious lover. Um, <laughs> Tom, um, what are you up to? I'm, uh, I'm actually on a shift at my new job at a cinema bar, and I'm, oh. I'm hiding in, in the toilets to take this call right now. OK, Tom. Bye! Lovely bye. What is Tom up uh, up to now. He was hiding in the toilets, Will. 
Well, in many ways, aren't we all just hiding in the toilets? Well, very possibly. I have worked with Tom before, and um, he did spend an awful lot of his time hiding in the toilets. That's all, all, I'm, all I'm saying there. So, um, new job for Tom, new horizons. Did you ever hide in the toilets with him? Well, I'll leave that to your uh, fertile imagination, listeners. Uh, no, There's no. not too much of an issue in that situation, in fact, you've <laughs> <laughs> That's true, that's true. Uh, we... No. Um, so, um, there we go. That's, that's what Tom's been up to. What an exciting adventure this is all turning out to be. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Will you come home to me? Um, no. No, you're all right, mate. Well, I understand, William. I understand that you've got an update for us in our new feature, What is Radovan Karadich up to now? Uh, it's got quite, a, a, step, feature, quite a step up, isn't it, from what's Tom up to to what's Radovan Karadich up to? Are you saying you prefer Radovan Karadich to Tom? I'm just saying he's probably got better anecdotes and sort of, you know, he's probably going to be living a more exciting life. He probably does. Well, uh, why, why don't we find out with our first, uh, first episode of What is Radovan Karadich up to now? OK, well, Radovan Karadzic is currently up to being in the Netherlands in the custody of the International Criminal Tribunal for the former Yugoslavia. Wow, what a... <laughs> what a life he leads. Extraordinary. <laughs> Extraordinary news. Well, Tom, wow. Tom, you've certainly got, to live up, you've got a lot to live up to there, boy, if you want to uh, keep the feature retained, because uh, personally, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm... I was going to say I'm siding with Radovan Karadzic, but I'm... I'm yeah, you were going to say you side... Well, you've also just encouraged Tom to try and somehow one-up on the, what, the Srebrenica massacre. Yeah, no, I, I, no I'm, not, I'm not going to endorse that. And actually, I, it might mean that I'm going to have to do another apology. That's right, listeners, I've got an apology to, uh, to make. Now, William, um, you uh, rather foolhardily uh, suggested that the listeners could email in studio at tenradio.org with their they, complaints. They have a right to do so. I know they have a right to do so, but I, I prefer it if they didn't. Uh, we've got a, an email here from Celia Winthrop Atkinson, brackets missus, and it says, I'm contacting you to complain about the use of the word knob on your radio oh. show, knob. Now, I use this word as an alternative to the word nubbin. Uh, and, uh, yeah, knob that, for nubbin, it seems like a perfect... It seemed like a good swap, good, good swap. and, and you know, I, I felt that, you know, saying knob, um, sort of, you know, before nine o'clock would have been fine, but apparently... Apparently, Celia Winthrop Atkinson, brackets, misses, not so keen on the knob word. Well, I mean, you would have thought that would be fine. I mean, you get door knobs, don't you? Well, you said knobs of butter. Yeah, you get knobs of butter, and you get, like, um, that knob in a shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Well, yeah. um, well, um, well, that's perfectly acceptable. Well, she goes on. In my youth, such depravity was never heard. Ever? No. And uh, in future, in you're going to use words like knob... We do at least give some warning. So, yeah, um, normally what you'd have is you'd have like a groinal extrusion of butter, wouldn't you, back when you were young? <laughs> Sometimes you might. Um, well, um, listeners, I mean, I'm sorry, Miss Cecilia Winthrop Atkinson, brackets, misses. I, I truly am. But yeah, I mean, it has, it has uh, made me think that uh, maybe we should. Uh, maybe that's another new feature along with what is Radovan Karadzic up to now. How about knob hour? Yeah, how about not saying knob hour? How about it? Yeah, yeah. As a, as a suggestion, I'm suggesting not saying knob hour. Drop the knob, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll have new 
Drop the knob hour. <laughs> New feature. Drop yeah. the knob. William, why don't why don't we see what what? Just going to press play here, yeah. But why don't we see what happens when you press play on some music you've previously sorted out? Yeah. Great radio. <laughs> get off to a good start with a Rebecca front moving across England bringing with it a good chance of Lewis and the thick of it. A new type of weather is expected in Norfolk over the next fortnight. Far from the usual brands like rain, snow, wind, sunshine or hail, this new type of weather is purple in colour and is thought to be of a cauliflower consistency. Residents are advised to wear shorts. Savage winds will batter the northern Welsh coast on Monday morning before an unseasonal heat wave crisps and fries the area. Delicious! Cats and dogs will be calmly living out their lives across Britain, thankfully not raining on anyone. Clouds and ground will swap places due to a low pressure point in Solihull, so try and avoid being anywhere near there, ever. A band of high pressure is pinging its way up from the Earth's core in a vertical direction at roughly 470 miles an hour. It is expected to break through the crust at about dinner time on Tuesday, at which point everyone's corned beef hash and bodies will be pummeling into the ceiling. The oceans will turn bright red and boil on Saturday. We don't know why, but we know it will happen. Preston will be devoid of weather for the next three days, following a breakdown in discussions between the town council and the world's ecosystem. The council are hoping to bus in scab weather from nearby Blackburn. The remnants of Hurricane Pauline Quirk, which devastated Cuba last week, will be making landfall on Tuesday, bringing with it a salsa version of the birds of a feather theme. A short, sharp snap of beef will be covering most of the north of England and Middlesex over the next few days, followed by a downpour of horseradish, making for a delicious week's weather. And that's all the weather. fun, wasn't it? The pop music there. Now, um, listeners, and I guess William, um, oh, we've had another email. It's been a very busy, email. busy old inbox this evening. Uh, yeah, and uh, this is from, <laughs> that's right. Uh, and this is an email from uh, Dr. Colin Summers. Now, William, I know you've had, probably had your fill of doctors today, but uh, another one's emailed in, and he says he's written, uh, hello, lonely, lonely Simon. Are you feeling that lonely? No, I'm fine. Do you know what? I'm actually in my element. This is the best I've felt in this room before. Um, hello, Simon. What happened to you at your work? 
uh, with, um, with regards to the photograph that you put up on Facebook this week. Well, listeners, we had a fun visit from a TV celebrity guy. Kevin McLeod came to our farm uh, during the week um, to film a link uh, for a, 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 a grand design that was um, that was broadcast, obviously, uh, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to film a link of grand designs that he keeps for his own fell purpose. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, I, I hope not. But um, anyway, he didn't use the the, the 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 clip that they took anyway. But um, but that's that. That's that's the magic of telly. Um, so we met Kevin McLeod, lovely chap, um, shorter than I'd imagined. Um, he made the very bold claim. Well, have you ever seen Grand Designs? You, I'm you, vaguely you, aware of it. Yeah. Idiot one from London decides he wants to go and live in the country. He buys house. He makes it look bad. End of show. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, Kev, Kev's main job is to uh, is to do pieces to camera, walking towards the camera over the rubble, making some sort of very clever and and pointed analogy uh, with quite, his... With yeah, his... quite loudly pontificating in front of the people who very much like put everything they have on the line that they might not do it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, he does it often with this sort of, like, his hands out, like, gesticulating bit of jazz hands. Anyway, Kev, um, Kev explained that uh, none of that's scripted. Uh, it's all, uh, all ad-libbed. Is it? Is it, Kev? Is well, it really? It's though, isn't it? So we don't really have a leg to stand on, do we? <laughs> no, true, I guess not. So, uh, so that was Kev. But um, the, uh, it turns out my, my boss's son came up to the farm because uh, he, he he heard that Kevin was coming. And it turns out Scott is Kevin's biggest fan, and he came armed with a list of questions that he wanted to ask Kevin. Oh, my God. So, um, so, so Kev, was, Kev and I were chatting, and Scott, Scott pulled up and, um, and said, uh, Kevin, my name's Scott. I've got some, I've got some questions for you. Scott, uh, I've got to say, Scott is a, a, an incredibly wonderful young chap. Uh, I've got a huge amount of time for Scott, but this was very, very, very amusing. Kevin did enjoy the questions. A lot of them were very, very good questions. My favourite question that Scott asked towards the end was, Kevin, um, do you want to know what my top five builds are in Grand Designs? <laughs> No, no, no. Do you want to know? I am fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, do you want to know what my top five builds are ever on Grand Designs? And Kevin very politely said, yes, I'd be delighted. Um, and then uh, Scott reeled them off. It was, a, it was a wonderful interaction. I'm doing, I, I fear I'm doing Scott down. It, 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 Kevin seemed to really enjoy himself. Um, so um, so it, was, it, was, it was very nice. So, uh, so there we go. That's, uh, that's TV coverage. News. Yep, covered off. So we got Radovan Karadich, Tom, and Kevin McLeod. What a packed show this evening. Who's gonna win? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is being mooted as a, that's being mooted as a, this next song I'm gonna play is being mooted as a potential replacement to the theme tune of Newsnight. Mooted as a, mooted as a, mooted as a, mooted as a, this one's being mooted as a, that's being mooted as a, it's been mooted as a potential replacement to the theme tune to, um, to Blue Peter. Allegedly. 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 That's right, listeners. And the following piece of music has been mooted as a potential replacement to the theme tune of Country File.
Why, why are you doing? Who are you? For goodness sake! What's going on? Residents of the ten parishes will be holding a meeting on Tuesday with regards to the mounting complaints about the signage for the new martial arts club registration venue. The acronym for the Wiverliscombe and Neighbourhood Karate Enlisting Room is displayed on ten-foot-high neon lettering on the roof and is causing no small amount of consternation. The proposed plan by residents is to change the name to Participant Registration in Cool Karate Site. Shutting down over near the burnt-out disco ball factory is extending an open invitation to any who want to join him. Shut in Dan, who used to be known as Paul Goulash, has been living alone in his present accommodation for 20 years and has decided it's time for company. In a statement for 10 Radio, Shut in Dan said, I'm pretty confident I've thought everything I can without external input, and there's plenty of room in a hollowed horse corpse for two. While the cat's away, the mice will play is phrase de jour for the people of Storley this week. England's cricketers are in the United Arab Emirates playing Pakistan, and while they're there, Storlesians of all ages are systematically burgling each player's home and selling on the snaffled belongings at the Taunton Farmers Market. Get down early to ensure that you can get your hands on Ian Bell's reclining sofa, or perhaps you'd be keen to own Johnny Bairstow's toasted sandwich maker. It's all there. Bagsy Moen Ali's watering can. Hey! Do you have a theory about dust? Are you working on one? Have you started the cognitive process that heralds a theory about dust? Either way, Plankton descendant and terrifying techno wizard Alain de Pompelmousse is looking to get your support. Alain, who lives under the road, has recently noticed that there seems to be an awful lot of dust about the place and is growing tired of such unknowable matter clogging his vision. In a statement, Alain declaimed that he had had quite enough of this whole dust schmozzle and couldn't quite get where it keeps coming from. Making a welcome return to the ten parishes on the 26th is the mechanical Pope. The android Pope Francis was built in Ashbrittle and has been sent out on tour this year while the actual Pope is resting in his big Vatican house. The Robo Pontiff 2000 has been to Asia, Europe, South America and North America this year, delivering sermons and solving complicated maths equations to the delight of its fans. Designer and builder Chaz Buckerton said, The human Pope has been very happy with my automaton. It has allowed him to stay at home and catch up on the soaps. The return of the Robo Pontiff to Ashbrittle is for essential maintenance after an incident where it accidentally enshrined the consumption of breakfast fish fingers into papal law. Dreams are set to be outlawed in Clatworthy on Tuesday, following a series of nightmares about tea towels which have plagued the area since sleep was discovered last May. Dreams, usually considered to be a benign byproduct of memory processes, have been conclusively pointed at as the main cause of nightmares, which are the machinations of demons. Tea towels have largely remained unaffected by this ban, as the use of hot beverages to dry oneself has long since fallen from fashion. And those are all the events that are happening in these ten parishes, and you would be literally, literally mental not to go to each and every one of them in order.
Zodiac signs are an important part of who we are, but astrology is so much more than personality traits. The constant motion of the planets affects our lives in the boardroom, the bedroom, and everywhere in between. From St. Augustine to Russell Grant, many have tried to harness the awesome power of the Zodiac. But one man stands tall above all others and will guide you through the mystical world of this most astronomical of phenomena. Welcome to Horoscopia. Aries. Polka dots will become the main cause of your wealth. But despite this perfectly sound piece of advice, you will willfully ignore the opportunity. So much lost wealth. Taurus. Revenge has a tendency to stay hot in your heart. And so you will suffer an embarrassing lack of satisfaction at beating your rival in a battle of wits. The trick is to just binge on rage. Let quantity replace quality. Facebook will help. As will an iron bar. Gemini. Politics is a messy business. And it will impact on your Thursday with a peculiarly intense messiness. Wear a plastic Mac. Goggles. Stout Wellingtons and have a tetanus shot in preparation. Sorry, not politics. Exploding slurry towers. Same thing. Cancer. Monday will make you weep. Tuesday will make you laugh. Wednesday will make you think. Thursday will make you stupid. Thursday will make you so stupid that you don't even notice Friday, which was going to make you rich. But you'll be sucking your toes and watching ITV. Leo. A convenient chalkboard will allow you to bypass a language barrier and resolve differences with a hostile force. Try hitting the hostile force with the edge. Don't just smash it on his head. Virgo. You will finally finish a year-long project to read Shakespeare and will be surprised to discover a third E at the end of his name. Who'd have thunk it? Libra. You will buy a lot of bandages. You won't be sure why. But something, possibly me, will make you think you have to buy them all. Give in to the temptation. Spend all your money on bandages. Scorpio. You will be a bit bloody lovely for slightly too long, leading everyone to accuse you of subterfuge and Machiavellian mischief. 
The hurt look on your face will increase your levels of loveliness, but will not ease the presumptions of the angry. Sagittarius, you will suffer a surprisingly harsh cut to the leg on Sunday, but will be confident that you can make it to the shops and fetch a bandage. Go on. You don't need to staunch the flow of blood now. There'll be bandages at the shops. Capricorn. Relevant details to your dreams will be lost to you just after waking up on Wednesday. But your arrogance will lead you to still insisting on buying hundreds of lottery tickets. All of which will have one too few numbers on them. Aquarius. A breaching whale will smash your boat. You will not be in the boat, but your I Spy book of whales will be. A week for finding new hobbies. Pisces. Thorough investigation of your heart's content will lead to your untimely death. It's a heart, you dead self-surgery idiot. Um, well, how's, how's your evening? Have you had your dinner yet? No, 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 I've not had my dinner yet. What's mainly been happening is every now and then I've been walking downstairs and interrupting Emma, who's been cooking dinner tonight, yeah. and putting her off, and then she starts on a new project. We've currently got uh, six bowls already separated out, so three bowls each in the oven, quite small bowls. Right. Tapas. Yeah, okay, nice. the instruction. Sure. Tapas. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, now some kind of... Uh, cauliflower and kale thing is looking intriguing. 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 Yeah, intriguing. Well, this is this is jolly exciting because you were saying to me off air that um, it's not very often that you spend your Friday nights at home. You're sort of it, it, it's uh, you're seeing you're seeing Friday nights in a whole new light. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm seeing the whole kind of business of Friday night. You know, the way that the uh, youth rocket. You know, <laughs> oh. <laughs> not really, but kind of. You know, I imagine most of them spend it on the phone. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, currently, I've, what I've done is I've adopted the uh, the classic, um, slightly less attractive uh, friend pose, female friend pose from an American teen film. Right, OK. So what, you, what I'm doing is I'm lying on my front and I'm waving my feet in the air. <laughs> um, and I've got my kind of hands under my chin. Yeah. On, um, the, on the phone to your older brother. On the phone to my older brother. Broadcasting just, um, to people. Oh, my God, what did he look like? What did you say? Oh, my God. You would you you would make quite a good unattractive friend in an American sitcom. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'd certainly fulfil the brief, wouldn't I? You would. You yeah, certainly fulfil my slightly sub thirty beardy haggard <laughs> old fat man. In surgical, <laughs> surgical stockings. stockings. Oh my God. What was he like? What was he like? What did he say? Oh my God! Did you kiss him? Oh, oh I've just seen a horrific vision of my future. <laughs> well, oh, God, Simon, don't let me go back to Hollywood. That was awful. Tell you what, uh, I'm going to get into a more professional pose. It's difficult. 
Um, but okay, slightly more professional. What's the most professional way to sit on the bed right now, Sam? <laughs> well, I, I think um, I think. Did you ever see the film The Graduate? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, try that. Well, I don't know about you, listeners, but I'm hotting up in the studio here as William uh, performs the pose of the woman in The Graduate. I'm mainly finding it disconcertingly cooling. <laughs> So this is live crotch cooling on 10 Radio. <laughs> Listeners, email in with your favourite crotch cooling technique. <laughs> <laughs> and while you're doing that, my goodness me, what a link indeed. Uh, and uh, while you're doing that, we'll have a little bit of pop music. And, Slice uh, of frozen pollock. That's <laughs> sorry? Slice of fro- I said pollock. Pollock, good. Pollock. Pollock, yeah. Slice of frozen pollock, that usually works. <laughs> <laughs> And then dinner's easy to cook. <laughs> Mr. Lee, are you trying to seduce me with your slice of frozen pollock? <laughs> no, I'm doing dinner. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> well, listeners, that's a question we're all looking to answer. Who are you? Who are you? Where's the water coming from? Uh, the slightly threatening marketing board of Wessex Water, I think. <laughs> that was right. We're this show sponsored by Wessex Water. Yeah, <laughs> and they're going to get the water from your house. Yeah, so uh, uh, the barricades, etc. Now, listeners, this has been an extraordinary Sorry Not In Service show. Uh, uh, it's well, been it's spready... Been not ordinary. It has been not ordinary, that's true. It's, it's ordinary? Been, it's been uh, orally spread eagle uh, across about, um, what would you say, about ten miles? Um... Yeah, yeah. So I've got pretty long legs. That's right, and uh, those living in Hill Common, very much in the uh, epicentre there. So, um, listen. I've often thought of Hill Common as essentially Somerset's nether region. <laughs> That's true, and I will be entering it in about half an hour. Um, listeners, um, we'll be back in a fortnight's time with hopefully William in the studio, and hopefully, uh, uh, you know, sort of, you know, fully recovered and uh, fully clothed as well. Um, yeah. And uh, the podcast will be up over the weekend. Well, have you got anything else to say as we sort of uh, flounder our way towards the end of the show? Well, I suppose the main thing that I've got to say is, listeners, just, you know, shut up. <laughs> That's fair. Closing the show. We hope you've learnt your lesson. Yes. Well, listeners... That was it. It wasn't a cough after all. It a uh, cold after all. It was, of course, William was on the other end of a telephone line all along. Yes, which is exactly the same as having a cold. I felt run down and awful. That's right, but... but I want to medicate my way out of this situation of being on a telephone. 